Thank you for calling Minute 24. Please listen to the full menu as the following options have changed. To select a guest to come on the podcast, press 1 now. To email the title of a movie you've never seen to the guest, press 2 now. To make wild guesses about the movie, press 3 now. To watch Minute 24 to Minute 30 of the movie, press 4 now. To make more wild guesses, press 5 now. To have the movie spoiled for you, please stay on the line. It's starting. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Minute 24, the podcast where we review movies we've never seen before. I'm your host, Melissa Darch, and with me is my guest, Marcelina Chavira. Hello. Um, very excited, Marcelina, because you picked a movie that I feel like is, like, in my mind, a really classic movie without being, like, from the 1950s. Yes, it is definitely a very classic movie, and um, I gotta I gotta preface this: if you have not seen Harold and Maude, stop this, <laughs> go watch it, and then come back and listen to this. Because the most baller thing my mom did as a parent was say, "Marcelina, you're in eighth grade. Watch this movie." And I said, "What's it about?" She said, "Don't worry about it." And then I just watched it and. It was the best thing I ever did that saw. So uh, props to my mom. Yeah. Like, Go watch this movie. I'm doing you a disservice <laughs> because you've never seen it. And now we're going to ruin it for you. But no. if I can take this moment as a PSA and yes. for everybody else. Go watch it. Don't look it up. Don't do Just go watch this movie with no, no context. And you will be, it'll make your life better. <laughs> I love that. My, when I was in like second grade, my best friend's dad was like, you girls need to learn something. And he made us watch like a bunch of Marx Brothers movies and they changed my life. Duck Soup is a good movie. Yes. I love it. We like knew every song. We knew like a lot of the scenes. My friend and I could quote scenes in like fourth grade, which was so weird, but. Off to the races too. That's one. Um, maybe. I remember watching Duck Soup and loving it. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, it's such a good movie and I think such a weird thing for him to like insist we watch, but I'm so glad he did because it's a huge part of my childhood now <laughs> and, a, and a weird part of it. Yes. So thanks, Kevin Richardson. Not the Backstreet Boy, but that's his name. Thank you, Mr. Richardson. <laughs> or Katie's dad. I don't know your friend's name. Katie's Mar- dad. Mary Ellen. But Mary Katie's dad. very close. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I told you this, but I'm going to tell the audience this. Um, I'm going to answer a bunch of questions about Harold and Maude, the classic that Marcelina picked. Um, and she just has to agree with me. So if you have seen the movie, like she told you to, um, and I'm saying a bunch of stuff wrong and she's agreeing, it's because um, she has to. It's not. She does not want to. <laughs> She wants the truth to be out there, but for right now, she has to agree with me. Um, good. Now everyone thinks you're a genius, and we're ready. That's only appropriate. Yes. <laughs> okay, so uh, title of the movie, Harold and Maude. What do you know about this movie going into it? I did know that it's I, – I feel very strongly that's a comedy movie. I know that it's kind of a classic because I know um, at UCB the – the improv teams do a Herald night, which is very classic for improv theaters. And because of this movie, I think the sketch teams have a mod night. So to me, they're kind of a pair that go together. Um, kind of like 
when people say like Bob's your uncle and Fanny's your aunt, I think of like Harold and Maude as like a, or like Thelma and Louise. They're like a couple that people always say together. Um, yes. Yeah. That is correct. <laughs> Good. That um, is actually correct. I know. Um, famous lines or fa- scenes you think come from this movie? I'm a little torn because there's a part of me that thinks Harold and Maude are like a cute old couple um, like maybe the movie starts when they're like 70 years old and they're just like this cute old couple. That's like the town's like, Oh, there go Harold and Maude. They're always feeding each other bread and feeding the birds. Like they're like the cute old couple. Or there's another part of me that feels pretty strongly that it's like a Milo and Otis movie where they're two animals. Oh, and I would love it if it was like an unlikely pair, like a dog and a deer or something like that. Those are both Right. You are correct. <laughs> Both options. Both um, options are simultaneously true. Okay, cool. So I'm just going to explore the animal one just for fun, see what happens. Um, so I think there's a famous scene where I think it's a dog and a deer. Okay. I think Harold is the dog. He's like an old um, farm dog. Yes. Kind of past his prime. Yes, he's a, he's a hound dog. Yes, and he's a, yeah, he goes hunting. He, like, herds sheep, but he also goes hunting with the guy who owns the farm, and he's out hunting. What's his name? What's the guy's name? Also Harold. Oh, okay. And he named was- Harold Jr. Yes, that after. is right. <laughs> <laughs> um, You're amazing. You're psychic. I know. I Are you sure that. you haven't seen this movie? No, I just dreamt about it. Um, and they go hunting one time, and they – run into Maud. Maud's a deer. Um, mm-hmm. And Harold just won't hunt her. He just thinks she's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, people you think are in this movie, anytime there's a dog with like a human voice, I think it's voiced by Michael J. Fox. Yes. Yes. He does a great job at that. He's Chance in Homeward Bound. Um, he's a million other people too, but every time he talks, I'm like, that's Chance from Homeward Bound. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that must be weird when you watch Back to the Future. <laughs> or like the American president, he played like a an aide who's like really harsh on gun control. And I'm like, that's Chance from Homeward Bound. <laughs> Thank you. Good boy. Good, Good job, dog. Chance. You're so wild. <laughs> um, so I always think it's him. And then like a lovely like dear woman. Oh, who? Have you seen the movie Clue? Yes. Who's the woman... Um, with like kind of maybe Sarah Sarandon is her name. Is she in Clue? Maybe not. Sarah, Sarah Sarandon. Susan. Susan. Susan, Susan Sarandon is not in Clue. I know who you're thinking of. That actress yeah. uh, is on the tip of my tongue. But I'm it's her. Right. Yes, it That's is. That's who her. I think plays Maude. Is that? Yes, woman? you are right. That yes. is that the chick from Clue plays Maude. Who's not Susan Sarandon. Yeah. That's Maude. Um, why haven't you seen this movie? It's never come up. I don't know. I, I don't really know like who watches this movie yet because I don't know a ton about it, but whoever that person is, they're not currently in my life. So it's never I'm come right up. here. I know. I'm right here. I'm <laughs> Knocking in your on life. the door <laughs> trying to enter my life. Um, additional thoughts. I feel like this movie without having seen it or really knowing anything about it, I do think it's a comedy, but I also think it's the kind of comedy where the last like five, 10 minutes of the movie, I'm just like bawling and I'm like, they do love each other. Like that's how I think the movie ends is like not sad, but very like emotional and people cry at the end of this movie. That's my guess. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes. 
God, I'm so good at this. Knocking it out of the park. Okay. Let's see a poster so I at least know if it's, All right. you know, a dog or a human. <laughs> Show you what's going on here. Do, 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 share. This so is Harold. You can see my screen. This is Harold. This is Maud. Okay. So Maud is an old woman, and Harold's a young. Harold is in Clue. He's got the revolver. He's got the rope. <laughs> Jesus. He has a blackjack in his pocket, I think. Yes. A butcher knife. What kind of sword is that? That is a samurai sword. Samurai sword. That is a katana. Yes, katana. That's what I was looking for. Can of gasoline. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot going on. Okay. I'm really into this. I One of my favorite genres of movie is like presumptuous kid. Mm. Or like, you know, like a kid that's like 10 years old, but like act and weigh like 40. Oh, precocious. 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 Yes, yeah. yes. Their, precocious children are also presumptuous. Yeah. Which can be annoying. <laughs> Yes, sometimes they're like anti-heroes, but I just love a kid that is like acting not like a kid. I think it's hilarious. Yeah. I always love it. And then Maud looks like a 70-year-old woman. So I actually like one of my many weird guesses was close to correct. Yeah, I'm going to show you another. This is the, I do believe, the original uh, 1970s, 70-something uh, poster, and it's okay. illustrated. Yeah. But here's one. Another one from the 70s. Like oh. Old poster. They were meant to be, but exactly what they were meant to be is not quite clear. <laughs> That's cute. <laughs> and again, he's got some weird stuff. He's got a tree mm-hmm. that he's pulled out of the ground. He's got his noose still. Oh, mm-hmm. he's got that. Interesting. This is definitely going to be a weird movie. Like, yes. very indie feeling even if it wasn't actually made independently can i tell you something that i always say about this movie yes this is the movie wes anderson wishes oh like but it's not contrived like his movies don't get me wrong i love wes anderson i love how highly contrived they are that makes me happy but like if he was i don't want to say if he was a Good director. <laughs> he has his thing. He, yeah. he is a good director, but you know, if he was a good director, he would have made this movie. He wishes so bad he made this movie. I wonder if really there's an interview somewhere where he's like, Harold and Maude just opened my eyes. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's fantastic. Interesting. Also, Cat Stevens, I guess, is prominently featured. Yes. Because that's on the poster. Is. Oh, look, in the corner of this poster is that other poster you showed me. It's a very meta poster. Yeah, it's a poster <laughs> of the poster. It's so weird. Um, it says a bunch of names of who is in it. I don't know any. Ellen Gear. I might know. But maybe those are just two names that I've seen before and I'm putting them together. But like everyone, Vivian Pickles, I would definitely fucking remember that name. Right. Definitely you, would know that. After you see this movie, you'll remember it for the rest of your life. I hope so. Here's <laughs> Gordon, I don't know. Bud Court also, again, that's just two really short names that maybe I'm putting together. Ruth Gordon, her other memorable role is in Rosemary's Baby. Oh, as the mother? Uh, no, she's, uh, have you not seen Rosemary's Baby? No, 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 no. Okay, never mind. 
I'm going to stop now. <laughs> that movie's, I have heard a lot about that movie, though, because it was, like, cursed. Like, people, like, died after filming that movie. People, like, broke their backs and, like, they're exploding. That one? Maybe. I Same know as Poltergeist. Poltergeist did. Yeah. Um, but uh, Rosemary Baby, Roman Polanski is a piece of shit, but this is right. a good movie. <laughs> yes. Rosemary's oh. Baby is, is also a, just a brilliant movie that – you watch every time you watch it, you see something new. Same thing yeah. with Harold and Maud. Like every time you watch it, you see something new. And Ruth Gordon is just a brilliant actress. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited. Um, <laughs> I also I'm gonna wait until I see him, but I'm curious if Cyril Cusack is the father of of the, the dog. Cusacks. No, the Cusacks that I know. Oh, I don't know. I didn't even. Because it's it might be a whole family. I mean, yeah. it is. It's a brother and a sister right now. I cannot think of their names. John and Joan. Joan. Joan Cusack is the superior Cusack. Okay. There's. What did I just see him doing the other day? He was. He was in something. He's, he's been doing things recently. He's yeah. Been, what is? Yeah. What has he done? Just the last thing I remember him being in is he was Brian Wilson old Brian Wilson and Paul Dano was young Brian Wilson. Yeah. Love something with love in it or soul. Something, I don't remember yeah. the name. Something of the with love or, or sun. Yeah. Or beach. Something like that. <laughs> I love Paul Dano. I'm um, excited for, okay. I'm excited for the new, the Batman. Um, yeah. Only because the cast is wild. If that cast wasn't that cast, I'd be like, motherfucker, another goddamn. Another. Oh, sorry, can we? <laughs> No more bat after this. This is the last fucking Batman. This is the last the Batman. No more the Batman. If you want any more DC, let's do Wonder Woman and Aquaman. Yeah, and you heard also, it here first. I'm gonna say no more Peter Parker Spider Man. I'm sick of that little boy. If you're gonna do another Spider Man, only do Miles Morales. So Wonder yes. Woman and Miles Morales from this day <laughs> forth. They are making a second. Into the Spider Verse. Yeah, that's not enough. I want. I you want, want more. I want. I want a Spider Man with at least four different black actors playing Miles Morales. Oh wow! Okay, that's what we have now. <laughs> we got Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, Tom, Tom Holland. Yeah, is that it? Only three. <laughs> yeah, but then Venom was that other Tom, I think. Tom right? Hardy, but yeah. I will see anything that Tom Hardy is in. He's great. He is a brilliant actor, and he's mm -hmm. beautiful. That's true, too. Like Margot Robbie. <laughs> yes. She is a brilliant actor, and she's also beautiful. She's very funny, too, which I, hilarious. I think is hard to pull off drama and comedy when you start in drama. I feel and like when you look like that. Yeah, yes. <laughs> to like have people not just be like, Oh, you're talking. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're talking. You you just look that way, <laughs> just walking around all the time. <laughs> Must be tough. Must be hard. Um. Okay, let's watch six minutes of this movie Yay! from minute twenty four and zero seconds to minute thirty and zero seconds. And um, this is a very um random. I I watched the whole thing recently because it's a great movie. I've probably seen it at least 20 times. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I watched this Ooh. clip and I'm like, ah, I guess this is, this is an interesting <laughs> clip. Um, I'm very excited. So we're going to just take a quick break in the audio so that 
people in the audience can also watch from minute 24 and zero seconds to minute 30 and zero seconds. And we'll be back after this. Uh, okay, so we watched six minutes. It was a great six minutes. It was Very a really excited. good six minutes. Yeah, I feel like we got a good picture of the two most important people, Harold and also Maude. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to try and recap it really fast. And then I have a second set of questions I haven't shown you yet that I'm going to try and answer. And same deal. You're just going to agree with me for a while. And then I'll let you tell me what actually happens in this. Movie. Okay. So what we saw, um, Harold and Maude are in a hearse. They're leaving, um, a funeral. Presumably they're definitely in a cemetery and Maude is driving and she's, um, reckless. I think is a fair word to use with her. She's definitely, <laughs> you know, taking the turns pretty fast and wide. Um, and Harold seems pretty unfazed. Um, like, I don't know if he was like inwardly freaking out, but generally like his face is sort of just always calm and like emotionless. So he's just kind of sitting there and she's like, she's like chatting and she's all excited. She's like, you ever driven a hearse? And she's just like having a great time. And we find out that it's his hearse. So I don't know if she just jumped in and was like totally fine with stealing a car um, to find out that she wasn't stealing one and that it was his, but they have a a nice chat and then they get to their house. uh, They get to Maude's house, which is a freaking caboose. Like it's just a train car but it's like totally set up like a house. Like she, you can tell she's been living there for a long time and she's got a garden out front. She's got furniture everywhere. She talks about how she's like a collector, how she's collected a bunch of stuff. And Harold seems really into it. You can tell he's sort of like impressed by everything and not even just like politely, like just on his own, he's just like looking at everything. And um, Maud's great because she does everything like a little differently than you would expect. So like, she's an old lady in my mind. She's like, I'm like, oh, she likes to feed the birds. And then she starts talking about how she likes to feed birds. And I'm like, that's correct. That's an old lady thing in my mind. But then she pours a bunch of bird seed in this thing and like catapults it. So it goes like flying across her yard because <laughs> she can't do anything normal. That's just who she is. Um, and she's talking about how she used to like go into pet stores and like free all the canaries, let them fly around or whatever. And she's talking about how, you know, everyone always wants to be in cages and she kind of shakes up the system. And I think Harold is really taken with her. He's really like, this is a person I want to get to know. And then she's like, stay and have a cup of tea. And he's like, Oh, I can't, I have an appointment. (laughs) And she goes, Oh, with the dentist. And he goes, sort of, which is, clearly a lie there's no way you sort of see it you either see a dentist or you don't there's no middle ground um and it's a therapist which is what i thought and you can tell that someone's concerned about harold someone doesn't think that harold's acting the way he's supposed to be but i don't think from what i can tell i don't think harold is concerned with harold i think he's like this is who i am he's kind of like a daria where like her parents are always like Daria, we're worried about you, sweetie. And she's like, I don't know, man, this is just me. Like, this is just who I am. And I don't hate myself or like, I'm not harmful to myself. I just, this is who I am. So he goes and sees the therapist and the therapist is asking him some questions. And I, I swear like 10 seconds before it happened when he was laying down, I was like, man, if I had to lay like that, I would absolutely fall asleep. And then he falls asleep. 
I was like <laughs> seriously being like, I would absolutely fall asleep. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. I can't do yoga because at that part where they're like, okay, lay back on your mats. I always fall asleep. Did you? Oh no, are you frozen? Did you notice that oh. he was dressed exactly the same as the uh, therapist? <laughs> oh no, no. frozen. No, I'm I'm back. Can you see me? Oh, okay. Okay, good. Yes. Um, no, I didn't notice that. But he does dress oddly. Like even when he got out of the hearse, I noticed his coat was kind of weird. And I like don't know the seventies. I don't know the style of the seventies very well. So I was also kind of being like, maybe that's just whatever. It's it looks very like. se- yeah. That is a very seventies outfit. Yeah, he wears very seventies outfit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And his hair is very like Beatles, like that bowl cut of the Beatles. Um, which I'm sure has a real name, but that's just how I think of it. Shaggy. Um, yeah. Bowl. Bully. Shaggy bully. Um, and then he is being set up on a date. His mom is, I guess, setting him up on a date, which... That's Vivian Pickles. The mother? Mom. Yes. <laughs> Her hair is in like a very high half ponytail barrette thing, which was also strange looking to me. Her again, outfits in this movie are all great. I wonder who did the costuming. It's so good. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You were talking about Wes Anderson. One of my favorite parts of every Wes Anderson movie is the lady that does props for it. Mm -hmm. Because everything is so pristine. I'm almost watching that instead of watching the movie. Yeah, that's what it's like now to watch a Wes Anderson movie, Mm -hmm. isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I'm watching like (laughs) I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm there for all of it. Yes. Give me the miniatures. I, I could do without the uh, appropriation of Japanese culture sure. and Indian culture. That was kind of, that's not cool, but it looked great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Harold is dressed in like a white sheet for some reason and waves to this girl that he's being set up with. And then he proceeds to, the girl's just kind of talking. She's like, yeah, I, you know. I'm in a sorority and we made a bet on who would go to the date and I lost. And the mom's kind of like, okay, fuck you. Like I want my son to go on a date. And she's like, no, 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 I'll have a great time. And then it looks like Harold lights himself on fire in the back, in the backyard. He's got this gasoline can and blah, blah, blah. It looks like he lights himself on fire and the woman starts freaking out and she's like, Harold. And then the mother stands up. She's facing the other way and is like, yes, that's right. Harold's here. And then you see Harold enter the screen. So you know he's not lit on fire, but the sorority woman. there's woman's. still a flaming mass yes. in the backyard that we can all see. And she's still freaking out. She's staring at the flaming mass and she starts screaming and, and she leaves. Um, so I'm guessing Harold didn't go on that date. That's just where, that's my guess. Okay, so I'm going to try to answer these questions really quick. That's what we saw. Um, main protagonist, I think it's a co-protag, which is Harold and also Maude. But I think it's mostly, I think we see a lot more scenes of Harold. I think we see a lot more of him in his everyday life. And we only really see Maude when Harold's there. But I think her story is just as important. I think we sort of get her past through their interactions. Um, who's the main antagonist? I think the main antagonist is sort of like, um, not only just like society's expectations, but I also think Harold's kind of adopted some of those expectations himself. Like I think he might think it's weird to have like an old lady as a best friend, or he might even think she's weird. Like he might not mind it, but I think he's like, 
she's a little strange or like I've heard stories about Maude, but then as he like hangs out with her, he starts to be like, okay, yeah, everyone thinks she's weird, but I think she's cool. So I'm going to hang out with her, even though she's like the town crazy or whatever, which she's certainly set her up to be the town crazy. Like definitely. Um, what was happening to the protagonist before this scene? I, my guess is Harold either just graduated high school or just graduated college. It's one of those two. I can't tell how old he is, but he's wayward. He like doesn't know what he wants to do. And his parents are like, you're a man now. You've got to start your life. Like we need you to get a job. We need you to find someone to settle down with. Um, we want you to get married. We want you to have kids. You know, they're like, this is the beginning of your life now. And you're too freaking weird to you're do it. You're doing great. Enough. You're doing great. I hope so. <laughs> like just telling my life story you're doing kidding. fantastic um so they're like he's like getting put on this journey where his parents are like great now that you've graduated school we're really going to focus on like quote-unquote fixing you so that you can have mm -hmm. this life that that we've dreamed up for you that have made other people happy and we've decided it's going to make you happy to have mm -hmm. a career and a wife and kids and whatever um what will happen to him in the future i think he's going to grow really close with Maud, not in an inappropriate way, but like, I think he's just going to start and not like a second mother thing either. I think they're just truly friends with each other. They treat each other as equals. They're just truly friends. They share all these stories. And I think like Maud does sort of give him advice, but not in a way that's like, you're a kid that doesn't know what you're doing. I think she's just kind of like, I don't know, man, here's what happened in my life. Like how you would to a friend that you guys are like on equal footing. So I don't think she like condescends to him. I don't think she's like, this is what you should do. She's just like, I think her, this is what you should do is do what makes you happy. And her advice kind of plays off of that. It's always like, do you want to go on a date? Yes. Then go. Do you want to go on a date? No, then don't go. Like you don't have to do anything you don't want to do. I think that's basically her. Yeah. Which I, I hope so. Everyone should always give that advice. Um, a scene that probably happens in the movie um, I think probably there's a scene where Harold kind of blows up at his mom. His mom like really wants him to go on a date and Harold messes up somehow, not like intentionally, but he's just like a little too weird or something like that. And like the woman gets offended that he's on the date with and the mom is like, you're never going to be happy if you won't stop being weird. Like something like that. Y'all, I'm like, I'm over here just like <laughs> grinning. She had, she has no idea. I don't she know what's awesome. going to happen. <laughs> and, then, and then he goes to like Maud's house and just like lays. I bet he goes to Maud's house and lays on the railroad tracks in front of her house. Oh, that's a good, that's a very good guess. You know what I mean? Like a, like a, how a kid would lay and be like, just let me die. But obviously that house isn't mm -hmm. going to move. And she mm -hmm. goes and just lays next to him. And they're just like staring up at the skies. And they're just quiet for a while. She doesn't even make him talk. She's just like, they're just both laying there and waiting. And then she starts talking about something weird, like how there's a star named after her or something fucking weird, you know? Because <laughs> probably there is. She seems like a very interesting woman. Yeah, she's great. Um, a scene that would be fucking awesome that happens, it'd be really cool if he took a girl out on a date and he was sitting like this way and right behind him at the next table was Maud and she's sitting the other way. And Maud kept just like whispering like dating advice to him like during the date. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like in those scenes in movies where they have like a earbud in their ear and they're getting yeah. advice, but they're just like mm -hmm. right next to each other because it's the 70s. 
we didn't have that tech yet. Um, I would radios. <laughs> they had, didn't have any communication but letters. That's all there they had. There were only letters in the 1970s. It was a scary, dark time. That's the, there weren't even books. There were just letters. Just letters. <laughs> Not even words, no sentences. Um, that's so sad. What's the moral of the movie? Be yourself. Mm-hmm. You yeah. can be happy just being yourself, even if it's not what, you know, it's not the path everyone always takes. You can be happy being yourself, even if you're kind of an outcast. Mm-hmm. Um, how does the movie end? I think here's what I, I'm going to stick with what I said before. I think it's very sad in the end. I think Maud dies. She's an old woman. I think she dies at the very end of the movie. And Harold has this sort of like, big moment where he's like very sad about her and he has this choice where it's like your only friend just died dude your two choices are like be absolutely miserable and depressed and like never want to leave the house or go out and like live your life to the fullest like Maud did and what she probably wants you to do and I think he chooses to go live his life to the fullest because he really did learn from her that he should do what he wants and what makes him happy that's my guess. What really you can tell me what really happens now. I'm so excited. Uh, you were kind of right, but you were also very wrong. Okay, this cool. Movie is so great uh, <laughs> because Harold falls in love with Maude and they totally <gasps> bang. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gross. No, it's not. It. They don't show it. I know you're thinking that. This is the thing. Ruth Gordon is the OG manic pixie dream girl. Like, okay. She, when you think of Manic Pixie Dream Girl movies, uh, 500 Days of Summer, uh, yeah. Garden State, but Ruth Gordon Maud has agency in this. So Harold is obsessed with death at the beginning yes. of the movie, and he keeps committing suicide in front of his mom. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> and he also likes to go to funerals where he meets Maud. Maud's about to turn 80, and she's, as you can tell from the thing that you saw, she's yeah. all about life and death and rebirth and cycles and stuff so in a week Maud's gonna turn 80 and um a scene you didn't see she's in she's at a funeral with Harold because he just likes to go and she just likes to go to funerals sure and this guy died and she's like 80 80 such a good um age to go 75 is too young and 85 you're just wasting time so 80 is a good place okay yeah good logic so they go along and Harold falls in love with Maud and it's Maud's birthday, and Maud has taken pills <laughs> because she's 80. That's her age, yeah. That, yeah. That's her plan. Yeah. And Harold is very upset, and there's this beautiful long scene at the end of the movie. But you were correct at the end of the movie. Like, that was exactly what happened. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's beautiful, and you, like, cry, and Cat Stevens is singing, and you're like, oh, no. But the, the reason why Ruth – Ruth Gordon, Maude, is it, she's the OG Manic Pixie Dream Girl, but she is not a Manic Pixie Dream Girl in the way that you and I are used to seeing them because she has agency the whole time. She's doing her own thing, living yeah. her own life. She has her own plan. And Harold is just there like, she. oh, sweet, this is the last thing I'm doing before I kick it. Sweet. I had sex with a 22-year-old kid. Awesome. 80. You go, Ruth Gordon. I'm down. She's sexy in the movie. Like, there are a few scenes where you're like, oh, damn, she's got moves. And it's so important to, like, especially for women, especially in Hollywood, especially right now, 
I mean, we're both, we both are women in LA or like both look like women in LA and, and it's hard, you know, I'm past 30. I shouldn't even be here. I'm technically (laughs) not allowed to leave my house without a veil because I'm (laughs) over 30 (laughs) in LA. And an Um, escort. And then as, yep, yep. I have to be escorted uh, by my, by my father or my brother. Yes. (laughs) Um, But like the fact that in the seventies, like this, this woman who's just this brilliant woman is teaching this young man how to live. Okay, Um, good. And she does further, like the manic pixie dream girl as a device is used to further the man's story to like complete the man. But she also used him to complete her story. Yeah. Which is why, like, I love this. One of the reasons I love this movie so much. And that, like, that unexpected twist where they fall in love is, (laughs) that's that's why I was, that's why my mom, I was so grateful to my mom to be like, just watch this. Yeah. Because that twist was like, it was a beautiful twist too. It was hilarious. It's like, it, it's life affirming. It's great. I love this movie. <laughs> okay. I just want to say that when you said they had sex, I thought he was 18 still. And that no, no, freaked he's, me he's out. No, no, he's past college age. I don't think he went, he's very rich. So I don't think okay. he went to college. I think he's just 20 something. And okay. No, he's not 18. He's that makes me feel 20s. better. I get so nervous in like television shows and movies and stuff where they're like, this is a young 22-year-old teacher and this is like a 17-year-old high school girl yeah. and they fall in love and I'm like, don't do that. Stop That's doing that. That's gross. Yes. This is adorable and quirky. And two adults. <laughs> two true adults that can make this decision. Yeah. They complement each other. They're, they do. They're, yeah. The, story, the narrative is Harold's narrative, but it is subverted and it's just – and it's so funny and it's so – you you see you saw what kind of humor it has by the yes. that, those things and like it's very subtle, understated, and beautiful. I love yeah. the movie so much. And her life story, Maud's life story, you get pieces from yeah. their interactions and the way that they reveal parts of her story are gorgeous. That's interesting. And you'll cry. Yeah. You will cry. She's 80 in 1971, so she was born in the 1800s, which is mm-hmm. – that's a, a – It's a time. It's a crazy the amount of, of the century change. Time. Yeah. yeah, to go through. Toilets were invented in her life. You know what I mean? Right. What a change. Um, that's really interesting, and it does – I mean, she does seem like a woman that was the first woman in her town wearing pants. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> That's really interesting. I like that. I just had to rewatch um, 500 Days of Summer for this podcast because someone hadn't seen it. And I was really... I haven't seen that either. I refuse to see it. I was really reticent. (laughs) Yeah, because I'm like... I remember the first time I saw it. The first time I saw it, I didn't think anything of it. And then men around me started being like, that movie's so good. I know exactly what that feels like to have like a bitch do you wrong. And I was like, whoa, you watched the movie wrong. Like that's... (laughs) Not what the or movie is about. Did they watch the movie wrong? I mean, or is I, that a narrative that exists in our society? It's totally a narrative that exists in our society. But I think, like, I think five hundred do a good job. Of yeah, explaining it. yeah. I think five hundred days of summer. If you watch it with, like, what you were saying, with like the understanding that 
the woman has agency and that she's living her own life and that he's a part of her life in the same way she's a part of his. She doesn't just exist for him. Then I think it's a good movie, but I think so many people watch that movie. The way that, yeah, like the, the manic pixie dream girl trope yes. is that she exists for his narrative. Right, um, right. But, and then you don't hear anything else about, like, after he figures out who he is. Uh, at the pack, Dynamo has a really good sketch. I yeah. don't know if you see, we're both in the, Everybody who's listening to this probably knows too, but Dynamo has a really good Manic Pixie Dream Girl sketch um, where she's just addicted to nitrous oxide. <laughs> it's brilliant. It's a really good sketch. I No, I haven't seen it, but I really want to. We were talking about this the other day because in Garden State, the Manic Pixie Dream Girl is like literally a woman that has like some cognitive things going on. Like truly. <laughs> and it's like, hey – let's like sit back and appreciate that instead of just being caught up in your own thing, Zach Braff. Yeah. Like so interesting. This is really okay. Now I own the rights to watch it for 48 hours and I probably will. You should watch it. It is. I just watched it again and it's, it still slaps. It's yeah. a banger. Yeah. It's a good movie. It's a bop. Yeah. A bop of a movie. I'm excited for it. I don't think you're going to get quite the same moral out of Tommy boy. <laughs> I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, let's take um, a quick break. I need to go grab a glass of water, but let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and you will do all the talking and all the guessing about Tommy Boy. And we're back. Woo! We're all sufficiently hydrated. Yes, and and we all sufficiently voided. Yes. As well. Yes. (laughs) The cycle of life, it continues. People are born, people die. Mm. Maud taught us that. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Okay. Um, so, Marcelina, you are going to answer the questions. I'm going to be your best cheerleader. And then mm-hmm. um, we'll do all the stuff that I did for time. All right. So, here are the questions that Melissa sent me. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one, title of the movie, Tommy Boy. Number two, what do you know about this movie going into it? Uh, I think it's about the air of a small town factory um and the dad dies and he is gonna take over but uh he's too childish or too dumb and so a big company is gonna come in and buy the little company and fire all the workers but the dude has to grow up and take over before that happens okay which is also i noted i think that is also the plot to billy madison and yeah uh, which i have seen several times but not in a very long time and i do love billy madison (laughs) i wonder which one did it first i don't know because they're buds yeah they're all that 1990s snl energy crazy Um, the famous line scene i know from tommy boy is that man in a little coat yep I think, I think there's something about uh, a life vest at one point okay. on an airplane. Maybe a deer in a car. Okay. <laughs> this is like a fever dream you're describing. That was the 90s. Yes. That, the 90s was a fever dream. <laughs> um, people I think that are in this movie is uh, Chris Farley, 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And probably maybe Bill Murray's brother. Uh-huh. I wonder and what his all. name is. Bob Murray? Some something Murray. Mr. Murray. Yes. <laughs> The genre of the movie is early 90s white cis hetero man boy comedy. Yeah, like Billy Madison. Like Billy Madison. <laughs> uh, why haven't I seen this movie? When I was little, when this came out, I was like, that's basic. That's basic humor. I don't want to be. I was watching a lot of British humor. Okay. <laughs> I was very small when this came out and I was a snob. Yes. Um, and I haven't seen it now because. Uh, I'm too busy rewatching Avatar: The Last Airbender. Um, yeah, the the animated television show. Yes, incredible. It is yeah, fantastic. They have an episode that addresses CIA deprogramming techniques, <sighs> which I thought was fantastic. Whoa. Um, additional thoughts. I'm not looking forward to the early '90s white cis hetero man boy comedy humor, but right. I do love Chris Farley. Good. He okay. He tends to transcend that. Uh, yeah. He's a genius because of that. David Spade, not so good at transcending that. Sure. But I do. I, I have a soft spot for David Spade. I do at this time in his life. I think, like, I think now. He gets cast in that role a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um, which isn't his fault. He might be lovely. I don't know. I don't know either. I guess that's. I guess that's a good way to think of it. He might be lovely. Yeah. I'll give him, I'll give David Spade the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> that's very sweet of you. It is. It's very, <laughs> it's very generous too. Yes. Because uh, white cis hetero comedian men from the 90s do not have a good reputation. No. And frankly, they don't need any, any more benefit of the doubt than they already have. No, no that's fine. Um, okay, I'm going to show you the poster. I don't know if it's going to really tell you that much but we'll see okay oh yeah i forgot it's a road trip movie oh okay yeah i i think i remember that i don't know who david spade is to chris farley maybe he's yeah. handler uh chris farley is dressed awesome and david spade <laughs> looks like a 12 year old boy going to private school yeah do you see that he's like lifting him up off the ground. David Spade's a tiny man. Uh-huh. And Chris Farley is, is a big man. Yeah. And I hope they use that in their comedy. Who knows? Maybe that line, fat guy in a little coat, is from this movie. Oh! That, yeah, there's a cow. Oh, oh yeah. Did they hit the cow and not the deer? Well, maybe. They, they wouldn't be able to put a cow in the back of your car, though. No, oh, not without like a crane. an automobile, which is also a road trip with a big guy and a smaller guy. Yeah. R.I.P. John Candy. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> but that's my own fault. I never know when people die. Um, that was a long time ago. Yeah, I got really thrown off. I love Anton Yelchin, and I found out like eight months after he died that he died, and I was like, do you know what the weirdest thing was? A week before he died, I saw him filling up like a muscle car at oh, a gas muscle car. station. Okay. Not, not the same Not the car. Jeep. It okay. A it's like... it, was a, it was a really cool, I believe it was this cool orange muscle car. Yeah. And I was like, 
oh, cool car. Oh, that's that cute kid from Star Trek. Yep. <laughs> I love him. And he's in, um, what's that movie? Charlie Bartlett, mm-hmm. which is another Manic room? Pixie. Yep. Mm-hmm. Green Room is fantastic. Uh, Patrick Stewart is frightening. <laughs> Go watch Green Room. Okay. Everyone. Um, okay. Are you ready for this? You want to? I'm so excited. Yeah. This is, this is, this is what my life has been leading up to. <laughs> I hope, I hope you like it. Um, okay. So we're going to watch from minute 24 and zero seconds to minute 30 and zero seconds. And then Marceline is going to recap everything. So she's got to pay very close attention. And we're going to do that right after this. Like, give me these new, oh, am I, I do a recap? Yeah, do a quick recap and I'll send you the questions. All right, here's, here's what we just watched. So we open in a handheld camera and it's a famous character actor, not famous because he's a character actor and that's right. a character actor. Character actors, you know their faces, but you have no idea who, but they're <laughs> Great character actor uh, saying something inappropriate and David Spade caught it on tape. We're at a wedding. Who's getting married? I think Bill Murray's brother. Um, but we see Rob Lowe is there. That was a beautiful surprise. Oh, yeah. About beautiful people. Always great to see Rob Lowe's face. Always <laughs> a lovely thing to happen. Uh, we find out that uh, maybe Bill Murray's brother just married Rob Lowe's mom. That's his new wife. And I am assuming that Rob Lowe is now... Chris Farley's stepbrother, which is, you know, uh, how families work. How families work. Yep. And then there's a really great musical number. I think yeah. it's the best six minutes. Uh, <laughs> Chris Farley dancing and being cool. Of course, maybe Bill Murray's brother dies of a heart attack. Yes. So I was, I think I was correct uh, in that Tommy Boy, who is Chris Farley's is the heir to an auto parts. Yes. Allahan auto parts, which I saw on all of the signs and trucks. Yes. Um, and we had a cool funeral, which goes to the theme of today, which is funerals. Yes. Chris Farley's being all sad and acty. He's just so sweet and lovely. Then we're on a lake. Yeah. Uh, he's on a lake in a boat with a lady. I don't recognize that actress. Me and neither. That makes me sad. Because there are a lot of actresses, character actresses in movies in the 90s that played love interests, and they aren't all Janine Garofalo. Yeah. Um, Good point. So Farley is being charming. Then the kids come in with the fat jokes. Then we get angry Farley, which is such a good Farley. Right. Um, we get charming Farley too. Like he's like super cute and flirt in their flirting and it's great. And then the uh, tag to the fat jokes with the kids is that the lady gets up and is angry. Scares the shit out of them. Scary things. Yeah. Funny when ladies are angry. I always laugh when ladies are mad. That's funny (laughs) because ladies aren't usually angry. (laughs) That's just what men do. (laughs) But it was funny. It was funny. It was. It's definitely a joke. I didn't expect it. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay, um, I, I sent you those questions. I love this movie. I'm going to love this movie. I hope it. so, especially if you liked Billy Madison. I feel like you would like this, too. Yeah. I don't know why. I think somebody made me watch Billy Madison. That's the thing that was going on. And then I accidentally liked it. 
That happens sometimes. Yeah. All right. So, who is actually in the movie? Uh, David Spade, that one character actor. Right. Chris Farley, Rob Lowe. Yes. And maybe Bill Murray's brother. I don't maybe. know. Um, who is the main protagonist? Chris Farley. Who is the main antagonist? I'm going to say Rob Lowe. Interesting. Okay. I'm going to say Rob Lowe. I think Rob Lowe, since now the mom has rights, like since the dad died and the new mom has all the rights, she would put her son in charge because oh, yeah. he's an actual man. Okay. Um, maybe. Uh, what was happening to the protagonist before this scene? He was living his life as the son of the heir and they were being weird together because they have a weird dynamic that's also beautiful and charming. Yes, yeah. Um, what was happening to the antagonist before this scene? He was being annoyed that he had to marry into this weirdo family, even though they are very rich. His mom is remarrying uh, and that's annoying. He looked pretty sad <laughs> yeah yeah he looked pissed so what will happen to the protagonist and antagonist in the future tommy boy chris farley will go on this road trip with david spade and become a man and learn the things necessary to take charge at the plant and rob Lowe will probably make some shady deals and fuck things up and rob and chris farley will come in and save the day okay um a scene that will probably happen in the movie. They're on a road trip. I'm gonna I'm gonna say the two scenes that I mentioned, the deer scene and the life vest scene happen. Okay. At some point. And yeah. at some point Rob Lowe is gonna ma- Oh wait. What if Rob Lowe isn't really the lady's son and they're like a thing? Like they're <laughs> a couple and they're playing Okay, Harold and Bill Murray's brother. No, no, like they're pretending, and then now they are now they have the entirety of the Callahan Auto Parts Empire. Oh my God! Um, what a scene that would be fucking awesome that happens anytime that Chris Farley is angry is great. (laughs) And I saw him be angry once on the boat, and I think it's just gonna get more and more. And uh, I want to see that happen. Yeah. I want to see Chris Farley go off on Rob Lowe. Okay, yeah. I'm sure that'll be fun. What is the moral of the movie? Uh, uh, (laughs) Capitalism is bad. Okay, (laughs) Yeah. How does the movie end? Uh, Chris Farley overcomes and saves all the workers' jobs. And Rob Lowe is sent to jail. Um, what is the last line of the movie? Probably somebody gets hit in the dick. Okay. Why is the title of the movie? Because Bill Murray's brother may be called Chris Farley, Tommy Boy. Yeah. Uh, I think that's his, it's like Danny Boy, because they seem very Irish. Yeah, Callahan. Um, what is the genre of this movie? I'm going to stick with... Uh, early 90s is hetero white man boy comedy yeah are you that ready is, that is yes what did <laughs> how did i do you did incredible truly like i don't even really know how you guessed some of the stuff but i'm very excited to tell you what happens okay um so one thing i want to say about this that's different than billy madison is i feel like 
and I could have watched the movie wrong, but I feel like in Billy Madison, Adam Sandler's character is like mad a lot and is kind of like privileged and entitled and you kind of don't like him. Like you're rooting for him, but at the same time, you're kind of like, this guy kind of sucks and like pissed away his life because he knew he was rich. You know what I mean? Whereas with Chris Farley, I'm not saying he doesn't do that, but he's just, I mean, he's, Tommy Boy is just the sweetest, nicest guy. And he can't do anything right. Like the movie starts with him as a kid and they're like, Tommy, you're late for school. And you watch him for like five minutes trying to run and catch the bus. And he's like (sighs) running into like the glass sliding door. He like gets chased by this dog. He just like drops his history. He keeps doing stuff wrong, but like, He's earnestly trying to get to school on time. And then it cuts to him um, running to get to his final exam of college. And he's Chris Farley now. And he's <laughs> sprinting again and he runs past the same dog and he runs, you know, like stuff mm-hmm. like that. And he gets to the classroom like finally on time and he sits down and it's a history test. And the first question is like, um, the framers of the constitution were Thomas Jefferson, someone else and blank Hancock. And he like thinks about it for a second. And then he's like, got it. And he writes down Herbie really big, Herbie, (laughs) which is one of the famous lines of the movie. And I feel like my brothers say it all of the time. Um, So he barely passes history, which means he gets to graduate college. He's hanging out with all his stoner buddies. And he's like, I did it. And he's like, earnestly again, like, he doesn't have a mean bone in his body. He is a lovable loser. Yes, but he is rich. I mean, he is rich and entitled. He's never down on his luck, but he's always, like, just the nicest guy. So he goes back home. He sees his dad. He and his dad are best friends. Like you said, they're kind of weird, but they just love each other. And the dad's so proud of him. He keeps calling him Mr. College Man. And Chris Farley's oh. like, ah, oh, thanks, dad. You know, like. Like a man boy, like you said. Like he's always like, Yeah, cool. And they like they seem to have like a really lovely yes. relationship. Like that's the kind of father-son relationships I wanna see. Yes. They truly love each other and like I mean the dad knows he's kind of a fuck up, but like he knows that he's trying really hard and he's like proud of him for that and he's like grooming him to take over. Callahan Auto Parts has been a family business for forever and he goes back through the great grandfather and whatever. And now it's going to be Tommy's. Now he's going to take over whenever, whatever happens. So um, you meet um, David Spade. David Spade is like, used to be friends with Chris Farley in high school. Chris Farley took seven years to graduate college. Yes, but he did it. He's excited. He did it. And David Spade took three or four. You know, he's smart. He's dedicated. He so he's is, the one who should be running things. Yeah, but he's not mad at Tommy. He's just kind of like, you're an idiot and I'm good at, you know, he like stays in his lane. He's like, I want to be this job that I have. He's not so trying he's to be like president. he's like Jeeves in, in Jeeves and Wooster or like, I don't or, know that movie. he's the smart, Jeeves is a smart butler and his master is really dumb and Jeeves is the one who knows everything and but yes. he's happy being a, a mad. It's British, so they have those yes. weird classist things going on. <laughs> but yes, yes, it is like that. He's very smart, and he doesn't really like Chris Farley, but he doesn't hate him either. He's just kind of like, this is a guy I have to deal with, whatever. 
David Spade is himself. He's very sarcastic. Very sarcastic. Yes. Um, and he's, he's like a little jealous. I mean, like right away, Chris Farley gets like an office with a window and a refrigerator and David Spade sees it and is like, oh, cool. He gets a window because he's been here 10 minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he is jealous, but whatever. It's happening. Um, one of the things that I think is very popular from this movie is like in the very beginning, you're kind of seeing how Chris Farley's an idiot, but like lovable. And he's sitting in his office and he's got a fan running and he's like shouting into the fan and he's like, I do that Boo. too. Yes. Everyone does. I did that yesterday with my fan. <laughs> and he goes, Luke, I am your father, which is obviously from Star Wars. But I think a lot of people started saying that into a fan because of this mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone at the factory loves Tommy. They're all like, hey, Tommy. And, to- and Tommy, he's like, hey, Lewis, how's the kid? You know, he knows everyone. They all legitimately, he's a legitimately good person that really cares about his town, really cares about the factory and everyone works there. He's not just this rich kid. He like really does care. Then he runs into the um, love interest and she's in charge of like making sure everything ships and um, she's really nice to Tommy. And they are like, they never like make out in this movie or like do it or anything, but they like are sort of, love interests for each other like he'll call her and be like i miss you but like it's sort of like friends and also like they're dating it's kind of weird but um, i don't think i think they should chris farley is very hot guy he's a sexy guy yeah why not make him sexy i think they're just trying to make him well first of all like you said it's a road trip movie so they're not even in the same room a lot of the time but I do think they're trying to make him like sweet and sort of innocent oh. you know what I mean that's what that's how I play it off in my head to not make it like fat phobic that's how I decided it is <laughs> you know that's how I what I tell myself okay um but they are we'll they are that. sort we'll of yeah, <laughs> naive version but they are sort of love interests and and it's sweet and so a lot of stuff plays out how you said the company's going under unless they make all these sales deals and the father who's not bill murray's brother he's another oh, guy no. but um he was this great salesman he could like talk the ear off anyone he always knew exactly what to say um he's got this famous line that i think is famous from this movie where someone was like well how do i i want to come and look at the plant or something like that i want to come and make sure the parts are being manufactured correctly and the dad's like well, if I wanted to buy a T-bone, I could stick my head off a bull's ass and check it out, or I could just take the butcher's word for it. And everyone's like, good point. We'll make a deal. And they, like, shake hands or whatever. And throughout the movie, Tommy keeps trying to say that line, and he's like, well, I could stick my head up a butcher's ass to to ask him. And people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) So it's like an ongoing thing that Tommy's trying to be just like his dad. He's trying really hard to save the company. And like the first meeting, they're like, we're, we're down all this money. We have to make these sales. We can't even get a loan from the bank. And Tommy's like, well, what if I give my whole inheritance to the company, the house I just inherited, my shares of the stock, I'll give everything to the company and I'll go on this. Yeah. He really is a good person. He's just an idiot too. Mm -hmm. So he gives all his money to the company and he's like, I'm going to go on this sales trip. And they're like, we don't really trust you to go alone. And so he's like, I'll take David Spade. Like you said, they go on a road trip together. A lot of the things you said happen. They hit a deer, they put it in the back of their car 
And then like 20 miles later, the deer wakes up and they freak out and it rips its antlers through. I remember that from the trailer. I was little. I was very small when the trailers for this movie were on TV. Yeah. That's when I'm, because I was so little, my brain soaked it up. Yes. (laughs) And it's been in there for forever. And now I finally get to let it out and not have that in my head anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's from this. And it, but it also would have fit in planes, trains, and automobiles, I feel like. Like when you said that, I was like, maybe that happens too. <laughs> um, that's definitely from this. Definitely from this is Fat Guy in a Little Coat. Fat he's Guy trying, in a Little Coat. Yep. Because he's trying to cheer up David Spade. David Spade's mm-hmm. really sad all the time. Um, but they go on all these meetings and they're getting so many no's, so many no's, so many no's. And then finally they're at like a restaurant and Chris Farley's like, I'll order the chicken wings. And the lady's like, sorry, kitchen's closed. Like we're only serving cold sandwiches. It's a diner or whatever. And he's like, all right, ma'am. Well, what if I, and then he like, does this whole weird monologue. And the whole time during the monologue, David Spade is like, Chris Farley's a fucking idiot, man. Like what an idiot. And at the end of the monologue, Tommy's like, do you know what I'm saying, Helen, to the waitress? And the waitress stares at him for a second and then is like, all right, I'll start up the fryer and I'll make you the chicken wings. And David Spade <laughs> is like, what? Like, you're good at this. You can do this if you just, whatever you did there. And he's like, well, I was relaxed here. Like, who cares if I don't get the chicken wings? Like, I'll just eat a pizza or whatever. And so it's less like Chris Farley having to like grow up or like, whatever and more Chris Farley learning to have confidence in himself to like be the man that his father always knew he was you know what I mean beautiful isn't it really sweet oh I'm totally so but Rob Lowe has nothing to do with it no he does you're right he and Bo Derek are a couple they're married they're not mom and son. You were totally right about that, which is why when you started saying it, I was like, how does she know? I think that's just a trope from comedies in the 90s. Yeah. I, I swear to God, Rob Lowe has done that in several movies. I believe it. And also, he's not credited in this movie, but he's a huge part of it. Maybe it was like, yeah. Part I of the deal? Know I don't know. At yeah. all. I was very surprised to see Rob Lowe. Yeah. He's the guy I had to look up because I kept thinking Rob Reiner. I don't know why, just because I knew Rob. And I was like, that's not right. I have to look up this name before I say Rob Reiner. Uh, I think the movie would have been so much better if Rob Reiner played Rob Lowe's part. Very different. And was sleeping with Bo Derek. And pretending to be her son. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Very different. Um, so the whole time he's like trying to sabotage. Because once Tommy starts making sales, he's kind of on a roll. And they hear about it and they're like, if he makes these sales, we can't sell the company and we can't make all this money. Like, we want to make all this money. That's why Bo Derek married the man. They didn't know he was going to die. They thought they were just going to, like, bleed him dry of money and then get a divorce like they've done a billion times. But it was lucky. It was luck. Yeah. And so they're like, we're going to sell the company. Where they're like, yeah, we did it. And they're drinking, like, you think they're mom and son. And then they're like, ooh. And then they kiss and you're like, ew. Ew. Yep. It totally is. And then Rob Lowe pees on a generator and like electrocutes himself. Oh. It's very fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the real bad guy of the movie is the man I like to think of as Bill Murray's brother, Dan Aykroyd. So in that way. Dan Aykroyd was in it. I love Dan Aykroyd. He's great in this. Dan Aykroyd is one of my favorite people. (laughs) Simply because, not just because he's a brilliant comedian. Right. 
um, and apparently a lovely guy, and always hawks his vodka at any chance, which I respect. <laughs> okay. Because it's in a cool bottle, and yeah, I want to buy it just for the bottle. Good yeah. Job. <laughs> um, but he believe he totally is an expert on aliens. Really? Yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Had, there's a there's a documentary out where like this guy just sat in a hotel room and interviewed Dan Aykroyd for a few hours about wow. aliens. He knows everything about aliens. Weird. And, like, the government conspiracies and UFO yeah. sightings and the di- it, it's awesome. He's a weirdo. I love Dan Aykroyd. That's like the. But now, I didn't know he was in the movie. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He's only in it for like the last third of the movie because that's he's still in the movie. Yeah, he's the guy that's gonna buy the company, and so. They kind of Rob Lowe messes something up, and they even though they had all these orders, now they're all messed up, and everyone's canceling the orders. And so they're like, "Our last chance is to fly to Chicago and try to convince Dan Aykroyd not to buy the company. Like that's our last chance." So they try to get a flight to Chicago, can't buy tickets, and so they pretend to be flight attendants, and they have to do the beginning safety talk. And Tommy Boy puts on a life vest. Okay. But he grabs a child-sized one, so when he inflates it, it chokes him. So he starts freaking out, and he's like, ah, he's doing his thing. His thing. So you well, were right. we paid our, how much was the movie? When did this come out? 91? 95. 95? So it's like we paid five bucks. <laughs> five, five to, to, yeah. I think maybe eight fifty. Yeah. No, it was probably like five bucks. Our That's good- what we paid our five bucks for, is for... See Chris Farley freak out. Yeah. And he does a bunch in this. I'm skipping over a bunch of him freaking out, but there are a lot of moments where he's like, and die, die. And he's like doing his thing. And you're like, this is the Chris Farley I love. Um, So they fly to Chicago and make this appeal to him, which is basically like Dan Aykroyd's TV persona is he's like, I make parts for the American working man because I'm an American working man. So Tommy Boy, Chris Farley gets all the cameras. He's an evil industrialist. Yes. He just wants the money. Um, And he even says that to Chris Farley at some point. And so Chris Farley is like, get all these news cameras in here. He pretends to strap a bomb to his chest. It's just road flares. He gets all the cameras in the room and they're standing in there. And Chris Farley is like, hey, Dan Aykroyd, what's your saying? And the Dan Aykroyd says it. And he's like, that's right. Well, you know, a bunch of American working men are about to be out of their jobs in Sandusky, Ohio, which is where he's from, if you buy this company. So what do you say you buy all these brake pads so these men can keep their jobs? And he's like, uh, and he's on live on television. And he's like, uh, yeah, I'll sign this paper and buy all these brake pads. So Chris Farley saves the company. Everyone gets to keep their jobs. And he's like, thanks. And the cameras leave. And then Dan Aykroyd turns around and Rob Lowe and Bo Derek are there. And they're like, we're just going to sell the company to him. So like, it didn't matter what you did because we have all the shares now. We're just going to sell it. And then the love interest comes in the room and she's like, not with these. And she has like their marriage license. And so she's like, you can't be married to the dad because you're married to Rob Lowe. So this is all null and void. Ah. So Chris Farley really did save the company and everyone's happy. And Rob Lowe goes to jail, like you said. Hey! And he tries to run away and he's running through this factory and he falls into this chair and a bunch of weights fall down and hit him in the balls. Like you said. Okay. 
Is that the last line of the movie? It's almost the last line because then, even though Dan Aykroyd just watched all of that happen and knows that they're scam artists and knows that they're married, he's like, Bo Derek, do you want to go to lunch with me? And she's like, uh. And she looks at Rob Lowe, who's like, oh, like, you know, cowering in pain. And she's like, yeah, I'll go with you. Dan Aykroyd, because <laughs> that character knows what kind of woman Bo Derek is. Yeah. And he's like, I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Yeah, I'm a sleazeball too. And so they're walking away and Dan Aykroyd's like, Bill, his assistant or whatever, he's like, buy that man some champagne and a bucket of ice. Tell him, sorry you had a tough day. Get drunk on me and use the ice to freeze your balls or something like that. And then Bo Derek's like, huh, what a charming man. She's like mm-hmm. in love with it. And that's how the movie ends is him like saving the company. Nice. I really do think you'd like it because Chris Farley is so stupid but lovable in the movie he really is such a nice guy the whole movie i think i would i would yeah i'm gonna watch tommy boy i think that is a brand of masculinity that i can get behind yeah and there's no there's no homophobia in it there's like one moment where he pretends to confess his love to his friend but it's not like wouldn't that be gross it's just like i'm just kidding man i'm not in love with you which like that's fine to me and then there's there is one moment where and this is another famous scene there's one moment where david spade is in a hotel room and he's like watching this woman swim out the window and she like gets nude and starts swimming and he's like watching her and chris farley comes in and like sees him doing that and that's really fucked up but then chris farley will not let him live it down he like keeps bringing it up and it's like that's fucked up dude um which i think is another really famous scene he's got all these jokes he's like do you think that guy's dating a Yankee and he keeps making all these jokes about it. Um, So there's, I mean, it's not without its problems, but it's a fun movie. More lovable than some things in the nineties for sure. (laughs) I guess that's why it is uh, persevered as a classic. Yeah. Classic comedy. Yeah. I will definitely watch Tommy boy. I'm glad. Oh, wow. You put a time limit on it. Yeah. Well, now I really want to see it. It's really fun. And there's so many good moments of like, like you said, character actors doing their thing, Chris Farley doing his thing. Um, This movie made me really like David Spade because he is kind of the underdog, even though he thinks he has his shit together. He's, he's this underdog that doesn't really have a shit together. And the two of them sort of grow together together. yeah i love it yeah yeah i'll watch it ah got her Uh, little marcelina didn't understand she didn't understand you had other you had other stuff going on little marcelina was obsessed with stanley kubrick yeah marcelina had issues (laughs) that's like i mean i feel like you're into conspiracy theories now is what i just learned about you Oh, totally, totally. <laughs> I'm into conspiracy theories and, but like the conspiracy theories that people think are like the QAnon stuff, those aren't the real ones. The real ones people know about <laughs> and are like, there are facts in papers about it and are like, yeah, like Jeffrey, Ep- there is no pedophilia ring under the pizza place. But yeah. Jeffrey Epstein is was definitely a thing that everybody knew about. So yes. there was a pedophile ring going on. It just wasn't the pedophile ring. It wasn't the fake. Pe- There's a real pedophile <laughs> ring. Not a pretend pedophile ring. Go after the real pedophile. Yes. Charge Not the real criminals. Yeah. yeah. 
So, like, yeah, all those conspiracy theories, there is a conspiracy. It's just not that one. <laughs> right, right. All right. I've got some reading to do, I think. Yeah, I think we all do. Yeah, that's a good we point. We have a lot of reading to do. <laughs> and so much time to do it in. Um, and my- you have 48 hours to watch Harold Mod, and I'm I know. so excited for you. Me too. I think it's going to be delightfully weird. It is. It is. Oh, it's so good. You'll see. And Harold grows. Good. And Maude does her thing. Maude is just Maude. That's what I want. I just want people to be doing their thing and being happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hopefully that's not too much to ask. Um, thank you for coming on. I had a great time. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was really fun. I, you, you told me what the – you said who likes movies, and I love movies. It's <laughs> great. Good. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, you can find me, uh, on Instagram at the death of Marat. That's the death of M-A-R-A-T. Uh, I'm not changing it. And (laughs) my Twitter is at Mark Olina. That's at M-A-R-C underscore O underscore L-I-N-A. And I'm not changing that either. We're not asking you to. can't find me anywhere. (laughs) Uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Cool. Um, How about you? Do you have anything to plug? <laughs> no, I always say the I always say the um, social media for this podcast. I don't know why because I don't know how else people would find this podcast. But just in case, it's minute twenty four m i n u t e twenty t w e n t y spelled out for some reason, and then the number four. So it's a little weird, but I'm not changing it. Don't change it. Good. Live you your can ask life. me to. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Um, thanks so much for coming on and goodbye forever.